Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 say this in the Word of God. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God who was in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts beside the freewill offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem." Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites with all them whose spirit God had raised to go up to build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, Lord, again we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we're so thankful for Calvary. Lord, we thank you for the change that it makes in lives. We're glad that that day that you hung up on that cross and you said it is finished. And the day that we put our trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, amen, we can say that, amen, it is finished. All's been done that needs to be done to have our sins taken away. Lord, that we can have an active personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can have eternal life and so many things. Lord, we praise you for that. Lord, thank you for that grace that was just sung about. Lord, that amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. We're so thankful for that this morning. Lord, again, uh, we pray, uh, Lord, that you'd help us this morning, Lord. Help us through your word. Help us through your spirit. Uh, Dear God, we pray for each one, Lord, those that are here, those that are listening in. uh, Dear God, if there's somebody that needs to be saved, that today the Holy Spirit of God, again, would take the word and convict and do uh, in that heart and draw that one unto you today that they might be saved. Lord, you know what people need in their hearts and minds and homes today. Lord, uh, people that need uh, wisdom, people that are facing important decisions. Lord, physical needs, financial needs. Uh, Lord, we all have lost loved ones. Lord, again, I think of uh, uh, Brother Wood's uh, brother, uh, Michael, Lord. We pray that uh, uh, everything works out, Lord, for him to be able to uh, go on uh, Tuesday, dear God. And Lord, we just pray that he'd be saved and get some help. And others that are upon our heart, God, please help them today. Lord, we thank you for the prayers that have been answered. Thank you for uh, the safe delivery of the baby and the other uh, uh, praises that we've heard. We think of uh, uh, Sister Judy and, uh, Lord, the, the praise concerning uh, this one that she's uh, been speaking with, uh, Lord, in her Bible study and others. So, Lord, again, we just commit all these things to you ourselves and Lord in everything may Jesus Christ be glorified and may you use it to build your local church in Jesus precious name we pray amen so we look at this portion of scripture this morning uh, this great book the book of Ezra and of course in this we'll see even though it's in the Old Testament reveals and shows God's desire to work through his people God's desire to work through his people So it doesn't matter uh, whether you're talking uh, a few thousand years ago or whether you're talking today, God desires to work through his people. And so here we see in this book, the book of Ezra is about what? Restoring, amen, 
God likes to restore. He likes to restore uh, the sinner, amen, and then uh, even believers uh, that, that uh, something happens in their life, they get sidetracked, or God maybe has to chastise them or deal with them, but he always likes that moment, amen, when everyone and everything is restored. And so here in the book of Ezra about restoring biblical faith to God's people. I didn't say, just say restoring faith. I said restoring biblical faith to God's people. Now, of course, in the context, we know we're talking about Israel. But today, this day, today, April 24th, 2022, God still wants his people. God wants you. God wants me to have biblical faith. Biblical faith. Now, of course, the world talks about uh, uh, faith, but we know that, hey, listen, that's a very misused word in the world. Uh, but real faith, true faith, is only faith that is based upon the Word of God, right? Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But the faith that pleases God is only faith that is based upon the very Word of God. This is biblical faith. And of course, biblical faith must be restored, right? Biblical faith must be restored and biblical faith must be present. And one of those reasons is so that biblical worship can be restored and biblical worship can be present, right? We come together, right? Brother, we've met to worship. Well, we want to worship him biblically, amen? And to do that, we got to have biblical faith, amen? As we sing, as we preach, as we minister. So we want biblical faith and that leads to biblical worship and other things. All right, that is what we want. And so we must return to God and obey his word. So here are these people. They'd been in bondage for around 70 years, as we'll see here. And so God's about to change some things. God's like, you know, uh, in the business world, they, they, talk, they talk about, you know, uh, uh, you know interrupters, right, and, and things like that. You know, God likes to interrupt people's lives. God likes to disturb people's lives. You know what? Hey, it, it, you, you know what God wants to do, right? Think about this now. The only way to change the future or one of the only ways to change the future is to disturb the present, is to disturb the present. In other words, God wants to change your future. Listen, if, if you're listening in or you're here this morning, you're not saved. You know what? God wants to change your future. But for him to do that, he's got to disturb your present, amen, your present state, your present condition. And listen, even if you're saved, but maybe you've, you've gotten a rut, you've got sidetracked, and you've got your, uh, your mind on other things. You know what? God wants to disturb your present uh, spiritual condition. He wants to disturb it. Hey, you know what? God wants to disturb your present. You know what? God wants to disturb this church's present. Amen? Hey, I, 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 we can say, oh, well, things are uh, going good. People ask me today how things are going. I said, well, uh, I, I put it this way. I said, well, it seems like the folks are good. I'm glad the folks are good. seems like the finances are good and the facilities are good. Amen? Got to have a three-point. I haven't come up with a poem for that yet. Amen? But it uh, seems like good. But hey, that's nice, but I don't want to just be rolling along. I don't want to get in a rut. I don't want to get in a routine. Amen? We should be praying uh, all the time, God, disrupt. Uh, Disrupt my present. Lord, if the church is just uh, getting a little routine, Lord, come by and disrupt, amen, present and change our future and change, amen, and uh, make sure that where, where we need to be and doing what we need to be doing 
as your church, as the children of God. You know what? God wants to disturb, I guarantee you this, God wants to disturb this nation's present. Amen? God wants to come by, and he'd love to disturb some things in this nation. So here we see in verse 1, again, let's look together. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the word of the Lord by the mouth of the word of the that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, that's a prophecy, right? Might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. So notice that the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. Notice this, king of Persia. Now Cyrus, this uh, 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 great king of Persia, you see Cyrus had conquered Babylon and now he'd established the Persian uh, empire. Now what's amazing is that he was prophesied about. He was prophesied about long before he was born. Turn over to Isaiah 44. Let's uh, look at this together, the prophecy concerning Cyrus. This is amazing. I just think it's amazing. And notice, now again, he's talking about a Persian king. Notice what God says about this king he's going to raise up, right? Not from Israel, but from Persia. Isaiah 44, we'll just read a few verses beginning in verse 28 of Isaiah 44. says this, that saith of what? Cyrus. He put his name in the Word of God. His name was in the Word of God long before he came on the scene. Look what he says. He's my shepherd. He's talking about a Persian king. He's my shepherd. Look at this. And shall perform all my pleasure. Again, we're not talking about an Israeli king. He shall perform all my pleasure. <laughs> Even saying to Jerusalem. Now we just saw this in Ezra. Thou shalt be built and to the temple. Thy foundation shall be laid. God prophesied what we just read in Ezra. Notice verse 1 of chapter 45. Thus saith the Lord, look at this, to his anointed. Boy, when we think about the anointed in the Bible, we think of somebody like David, right? We think of somebody like Paul. We think of somebody like Moses. We think of somebody like Elijah. But here he's saying this again about a king, a Persian king, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leave gates, and the gates shall not be shut. Verse 2, I will go before thee. He's again talking about Cyrus. I will make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sun to the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, I am the God of Israel. Verse 4, for Jacob my servant's sake and Israel mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. Now think about this. Why did he do it, right? Why did he do this? For Jacob's his servant's sake and Israel mine elect. Listen, God will stir up this whole world just to help you and me, just to help you and I, just to help us get in the will of God, just to help us move forward to accomplish his will on earth. God will stir up and do whatever he has to do in this world. Amen. And you say, oh, look what's going on over in Russia. Look what's going on in the Ukraine. Look what's going on there. Oh, listen, we're thinking about that, but God is thinking about you. God is thinking about uh, this church. God is thinking about what he wants to perform on this earth. Amen. Before he winds things up. Now, again, this had been prophesied. Jeremiah 25, 11 and verse 12 says this. Now, it mentioned Jeremiah in verse 1. We read this, Jeremiah 25, 11 and 12 says this. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon, look at this, 70 years. 
70 years. Verse 12, and it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon. And that's what he did through Cyrus, right? Punish the king of Babylon, that nation, saith the Lord, for the iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans, and will make it perpetual desolation. Jeremiah 29, 10 says this, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. And this is exactly what we see going on in Ezra. And perform my good word toward you. Notice that statement. Before my good word towards you. That is what God, what does God want to do with this book right here? He wants to perform his good word towards you. When he says get saved, right? The Bible says you must be born again. You know what God wants to do? He wants to perform that verse in your life. When the Bible says, hey, trust me, amen, cast all your cares upon me. He wants to perform that word in your life. Whatever he's calling it, that's why he gave us this word. He wants this book to be active in and through your life. He says, I will perform my good work to you in causing you to return to this place. Let me give you a couple other verses. Daniel uh, chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Daniel 9, 1 and 2. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, look at this, understood by the books, amen, by the word of God. How did he understand what God wanted to do? By the word of God. You want to understand what God wants to do? Be a student of the word of God and you understand what God wants to do, amen, in your life. Whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish again 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And so Cyrus understood this. Notice what he says in verse 2. Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kings of the earth, and he charged me to build a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. So listen, he understood what God wanted to use him for. Now what, what does this show us? What do these things show us? They show us, right, though man, again, though man can reject, I say it all the time, though man can reject God personally, right? An individual can personally reject Jesus Christ or reject God from doing something in his life. Again, mankind cannot reject God prophetically. God is going to do what God is going to do, how he has said he will do it. So this again proves that I don't care what's going on in this world. We see clearly in the word of God that God indeed controls the affairs of man. God indeed controls the affairs of man. You know, uh, uh, listen, you say, oh, everybody's, everybody's going, oh, Putin, Putin, Putin. Let me tell you something. He is a pawn in the hand of God. He's a, you know, he's a, is that funny, by the way, right? <laughs> listen, he, he's a pawn in the hand of God. That's what he is. So who's this? Oh, Isaiah thinks it's funny. But listen, he's a pawn in the hand of God. <laughs> uh, President Biden, what is it? He's a pawn in the hand of God. I don't care who's president. Trump was a pawn in the hand of God. I don't care who. What, what country? Pawn in the hand of God. We see that, Daniel 2.21. And it says, and he changeth the times and the season. Look at this. He removeth kings. He setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. God does that. You know, so Proverbs 21.1. So you know what? Bible believers need to get over the elections. <laughs> Amen. Let me just throw that out there. Right? And trust God with what's going on. 
Proverbs 21. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. What, what was Cyrus? Where was his heart? His heart was in the hand of the Lord. And he was turning it where he wanted. And where did he want to turn it? He wanted to turn it towards his people. He turned the hand of a Persian king toward the heart of his people. See, so what does this show us? How does this, we bring this up to date in one sense? Here we see the importance of praying for our leaders. We have the responsibility of praying for our leaders, whoever they are, from whatever part of they are, whatever affiliation they are, we have a responsibility to pray for our leaders. Cyrus was not a Jew. He was a Persian. Who is one of Israel's biggest enemies today? Iran is Israel's big enemy today. But God used one of their kings to do a great work and benefit for Israel. God stirred his heart to build God's house. So that's why God says, uh, he tells us, pray for the king. 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 3. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, for all that are in authority. Why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and honesty. You know, a lot of times we're saying, oh, uh, God, you know, I, I want peace. I, I want to do it. Well, hey, you know, pray for ourselves, pray for the church, but pray for the leader. So going on again, now in the first year of Cyrus, again, verse one, king of Persia, the word of the Lord, what by the mouth of Jeremiah might be what? Fulfilled, fulfilled. God is in the business of fulfilling his word. He wants to fulfill his word through his people, through his church, and throughout the world. Remember this, doesn't matter what's going on, God always has a plan. God always has a purpose. God has a plan for the world. God has a purpose in the world. God has a plan for the church. God has a purpose for the church. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. So think about the fact that King Cyrus saw his name prophesied about in God's word. How amazing. Showing again, God knows you before you know you. Amen. God knows you before you know you. God knew Cyrus would be born. Isn't that amazing? God knew Cyrus would be born, but you know who else he knew was going to be born? He knew you were going to be born. You wouldn't surprise when you came on the scene. You didn't surprise God when you came on the scene. So you said, man, that's pretty exciting to be able to see your name in the Word of God. Well, I got thinking about that. Do you know there's something better than having your name in God's Word? There's something better. Say, yeah, I wish I could see my name in the Word of God. Well, write it there. Amen. <laughs> that's what I do, right? Uh, but listen, uh, but there's something better than having your name in God's Word, having your name in the book of life. Because you know what? There's a lot of people that have their name mentioned in God's Word, but not everybody that has their name mentioned in God's Word is going to heaven, right? Judas, his name's in the Word of God, but we know that he didn't make it to heaven. But you know what? Everyone whose name is written in the book of life will spend eternity with Jesus. So you say, man, that must be exciting. Cyrus had to be excited to see his name written in the Word of God. I'm sure he was. But more exciting than having his name written in, in the Bible was if his name was written in the book of life. Hey, you may again, you may never, hey, God's completed his book, so we know that there's, you know, uh, there's, there's not going to be another epistle with your name on it or your name going to be in there, but that's fine. Amen. As long as you know, you have the assurance that your name's written in the book of life, because only then, amen, will you see, amen, and spend time with Jesus. Revelation 20, 15 says this, whosoever was not found 
Rent in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. Revelation 21, 27, and there shall be no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or make lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Friend, I pray if you're here today, listen, I pray that you have the assurance, amen, that you've trusted Jesus Christ and you know that your name has been written in the book of life. So uh, quickly, let's look at these verses. Here we see God was looking for people wanting to do his work. God was looking for people that want to do his work. God's always looking for people that want to work for him. You know, I've been driving around. I see hiring, 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 hiring. Let me tell you something. We should put a sign. Maybe that's what we ought to put on our sign this week. Hiring. God is always hiring. Amen. God is always looking for somebody else to be about his business and doing his work. Again, look at uh, uh, Ezra 1 verse 3. Who is there among you of all his people? Now, see, if you want to work for him, there are some stipulations. You do have to be one of his. Amen. God will help just anybody, but he won't work with just anybody, which was my policy when I was a missionary. I helped anybody, but I wouldn't work with just anybody. Hey, God wants to help everybody, but when it comes down to working for him, he gets a little bit picky about that. Amen. And so he says, hey, I want to work done, but it has to be my people. So listen, if you're one of his, God wants to use you to do his work. Right? His God be with him. So it says, God was looking for people to do his work. Who? Notice that. Is there among you of all his people? His God be with him. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. Notice three words in that verse. Who? Go. Build. Amen? That's, that's how it works. God, listen, notice the invitation was to everyone. We'll look at that in a moment. But listen, God's looking for people to go and build. Psalm 127, one says this, right? His God be with him, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain to build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watcheth maketh but in vain. God is looking for builders. We should all want to be builders. And notice that he's looking for builders and God opened the door for all who is willing who is there among you? See, the invitation is given to all. God always gives the invitation to everybody, man. God's a whosoever will God. You see, the decision, though, is upon an individual basis. You see, uh, for salvation, God says, whosoever will, amen, may call upon the name of the Lord. But then it comes down to that individual making the decision to be saved. And God's looking for people to serve him. And he puts the word out there. Hey, everyone that's uh, one of my children, whosoever will, amen, that wants to build, that wants to go, that wants to help me, amen, do something, the invitation. But then it comes down to the individual, too. Uh, Again, God is asking each individual uh, uh, a sinner to accepting. And then he's asking each individual believer to make a conscious decision to consecrate and surrender their life to service for him. So God is looking for people to save. God is looking for people to serve. Amen. And we need to challenge ourselves this year to seek God as never before. We need to pray. Amen for that restoration. God, come. Listen, if I've gotten a rut, if I've gotten sidetracked, Lord God, come and disturb my present. Amen. God, come and disrupt. Amen. My program. So ask yourself, will you be one of the ones that will say, I want to be a builder of God's house. I want to be a builder of God's ministry through my local church and to this community. Now, we often think of missions, you know. Uh, you might 
say. You know, we say, well, here am I, Lord, send me. You know, we in missions, we say, who will go? Who will go? Here am I, Lord, send me. That's good. But also, uh, we need people to stay. So we need people right here in the church to say, I'm here, Lord, use me. I'm here, use me. Again, he wants to use everyone. But just like it's an individual decision for salvation, it's an individual disservice. They each had to make that decision, right? There they were, and they each had to make a decision. Will I stay or will I go? Will I stay or will I go and be part of building God's temple in Jerusalem? And unfortunately, only a remnant returned. Only a remnant returned, but that's okay. God will use the remnant. Jeremiah 23.3 says this, Another prophecy, and I will gather the remnant of my flock. I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries whither I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds and they shall be fruitful and increase. You see, revival, great works, right? Uh, usually begin with an individual or a remnant. Most great works, again, were started with an individual or a small group. Now think about that, right? Right here. Right here, now I know we have people listening to listen in, but if I just even look at the people that are sitting here, there are enough people right here, right this group right here, there are enough people to have biblical faith and biblical worship and for God to use to restore, amen, uh, 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 this community and this nation to his honor and glory. Amen. Fear not, little flock. Hey, uh, where did Jesus come out of? He come out of Bethlehem. What was the prophecy uh, about Bethlehem? Though thou be small. Amen. There were bigger towns in Jerusalem. Hey, you can say, well, there's bigger churches in this community. Hey, hey, I don't want to get, I'm glad uh, if, if there are, but I know that there's enough of us to do a great work for God in 2022 for his honor, his glory, his praise. Amen. And if we are willing to say, hey, I want to go. Amen. Count me in. Count me in. We had that as a thought a few years ago. Count me in. I want to go. I want to build. The way God worked among his people in Ezra is how God wants to work among his people today. Now think about this. Uh, Ezra and Nehemiah are closely associated. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Nehemiah 8. I love that chapter. And again, what was the, what was the focus? When you think about Nehemiah, what do you think? You think about, oh, the wall builders the wall builders. But notice, before the wall builders came, Ezra, the temple builders, the temple builders. So before we could have the wall builders, we had to be, have the temple builders. And what does this show us? The inward spiritual work must take place before the outer work can be restored. We say, oh God, I want to see you do this over there. I want to see you do this over there. I want to see you do this over there. We're saying that and God said, well, you know what? I want to see something done right there in your heart. <laughs> I, listen, uh, uh, before we, we get to that, I want to get to the temple. And you know what? You are the temple. <laughs> You're my temple today. And I want to see that temple rebuilt. Amen. I want to see you rebuilt to be the child I've called you to be, to be the servant you, uh, that, that, that I desire for you to be, to be the Christian that you'd have me to be. So, hey, uh, listen, we want, we, want, we want a lot of stuff out. So, oh, man, look at this wall that we built. Oh, look at this that we built. Oh, listen, uh, more than God wants to, uh, to, to build that big whatever it is out there, God wants to build you. God wants to build you as an individual believer. God wants to build the temple. You know, you, you talk to a lot of people. I, I like talking to young people. And 
I'll meet people and I'll say, oh, what's the dream, Joe? What's the dream, Joe? What's the dream, Sue? What's the dream? I like to ask people, what's the dream? And, and you, you know what I've learned? Uh, a, a, a lot of people get excited. You know, a lot of people want to change the world. Boy, there's a lot of young people in college out there and people getting ready to graduate and they're starting their job. And there's a lot of people that want to change the world. Hey, maybe some of you want to change the world. But you know what? Here's the problem. The problem isn't that most people want to change the world. The problem is most people don't want to change themselves. Oh, they like talking about changing the world. They like talking about new things. Hey, listen. Hey, hey, God wants to change the world. But listen, to change the world, before he can change the world, you got to let him change you. you got to let him, amen, before he, he can disturb the nation, before he can disturb the community, we got to let him disturb, i got to let him disturb me. you got to let him disturb you. we got to let him disturb the church, amen, and shake us up and wake us up and break us up, amen, uh, like he did there when he stirred Cyrus. Lord, you stirred. Lord, if you can stir Cyrus' spirit, you can stir mine. Lord, if you can disturb his present, you can disturb mine. Lord, if you can disturb Israel's present, you can disturb our church's present. That's what God wants. Everyone wants to change the world, but few people want to change themselves. Say, God, hey, Lord, uh, will you change me so that I can be a part of you changing the world? Notice in verse 5, it says, Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin the priests and the Levites and all the men whose spirit God had, notice that word, raised, raised. That word means to stir, arouse, awaken. The thought is what? To raise someone to action, to be motivated to get something done. You see, again, God is a God of action. And so if we're in tune with God, we're going to be people of action. God's always wanting to move forward. So if we're in tune with God, amen, we're going to be ready to move forward for his cause. So as we prepare to finish up here, like Cyrus in his day, like Cyrus in his day, was it an accident that Cyrus was born? No. It is not an accident that you and I are alive at this moment. It wasn't an accident that Cyrus, I don't know how old Cyrus was. I look back and check how old he was when God used him to do this. Amen. But of course, he, he had to be born several years before that, right? So that he was there at the appointed time that God wanted to use him. Well, hey, God allowed you to be born however many years ago so that you could be alive today, so that you could be alive to moments, so that he could bring us together as his local church to accomplish what he wants to come. It's no accident. No accident that Cyrus was there at that appointed time, and it's no accident that we are here together at this appointed time to be used. What? God raised him up at that time to be used in his generation for his generation, and God has us here in this generation to be used for this generation. You see, when God moves and works. He moves in the hearts of individuals. Who among us, who among us is desiring above all else to see God glorified? Who among us is ready to return, if you will? God, who, is, who, who among us is ready to say, God, raise me. God, stir me. God, move me to action. God, disturb my present. God, disturb us. You see, when these Jews, it says, it says there again, verse 5, Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, with all them whose spirit God had raised, what? To go up to build. You see, they went with purpose. They had a purpose. They didn't just get up. They got up to go up to go up to build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. You see, when these Jews headed back to Jerusalem, 
They knew they were in God's will. They knew they were fulfilling God's word. And there's nothing more exciting than knowing you're saved, than knowing your name is written in the book of life, and then knowing you're in God's will, and knowing that what you're doing is fulfilling God's word in your generation, through your local church, to the honor and glory and praise of the living God. God raised up Cyrus and worked in his life, again, for the main purpose of helping God's people and moving his work forward. Hey, hey, I, I, I don't care, uh, uh, you know, uh, who, what, what's going on out there. Listen, pray for our leaders and you'd be surprised. God can turn their heart and those who are against us, amen, may one day wake up and be for us. God is working. Listen, God raised up Cyrus and God is still raising people up and God has raised you up for this generation. God is working. Think about this. Why did, God raise, why did God do all that work to raise up Cyrus? Why did God do all that work to use him uh, to defeat Babylon? He did all that, again, on behalf of his people. And think about this. To, in this generation, you are his people. You and you and you, you are his people. And right now, all that's going on in the world, we can read the news and we can go, ooh, and on all this. But whatever God is doing, he's doing it on your behalf. He's doing it on the church's behalf. I believe that. God is working on your behalf right now in the lives of individuals to create an atmosphere and a time for his work to move forward. We must simply be sensitive to that and be willing to obey and allow him to work through us. So as we go out this week, amen, always look for opportunities to share your testimony. Amen. Go out and be, be a witness. Uh, uh, matter of fact, that's how uh, uh, Brother Ray ended up here today. He called me the other day and he said, I got two guys working for me and they hadn't heard the gospel and they got saved and we went down and had lunch and uh, unfortunately they didn't make it here today, but hopefully they'll make it soon. And that's, that's all you got to do. Go through that. Say, I want God to use me. You know, a lot of times we're waiting for that big thing. Hey, you know what a big thing is? A big thing is you walking out the door and saying, Lord, this week, Bring somebody across my path so I can tell them what my life was like before I got saved so that I can tell them what my life is like now that I know the Lord Jesus Christ and how I came to know him and how Christ has made a difference in my life. Listen, friends, God is still looking for people who want to do his work. Who is there among you? Who is there among you? That's what God says, right? Amen. To our group of people today, who is there among us? Amen. That is willing to go and has that desire to build. God is looking for people that want to do his work. And the question is, amen, uh, are you, you going to go or are you going to stay? Are you willing to say, God, amen, <laughs> uh, sure, I'm, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for that, and we just seem to be rolling along and all seems to be good, but you know what? It'd be a good time for God to come by and disturb and disrupt, amen, and get us out of a little routine and say, God, move us to the next level. We want to build your work. Let's pray.